0: All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What the fuck tuckians? What the Aristas? How's that? I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. We have Rob Schneider today. A lot of things are going on. How many things are going on? I'll be in San Francisco at the Palace of Fine Arts on the 13th. And look, I'm going to tip this because it's time to tip it. If I don't tip it now, it's not going to get tipped. And those of you who checked out of this, uh, of this opening of this monologue because of whatever are not going to know those people that live in New Jersey, New York City, all its boroughs. I'm doing a secret show. Yeah, you heard me right. Secret show, a free secret show, 10 o'clock the 14th. That's Sunday, 10 o'clock in the evening at Union Hall in Brooklyn. All right? It's out there. I'm putting that out there. And then on the 15th, I will be taping my special uh, les Poison Rouge, Le Poison Rouge, les Poison whatever. It's the old basement of the old village gate. Can't can't wait. Little nervous Only because I want to be in the zone, man. I want to be in the zone for my special. But not the zone where I know all my material. Fuck that zone. Let's wing it, man. Huh? Why not do a little of that? Let's go old school. Let's go '95 HBO. Too much Luna. A little too much weed style special. What's gonna happen? I don't know. I was in uh, Indianapolis with uh, with my friend Ryan Singer, featuring me, featuring me. Ryan featured me. Ryan is here. Ryan came over to eat sausage. Oh, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I mean, I made Italian sausage. He came over because I was I owed him some money, and I made him a sausage. Nice to see you, Ryan. We just had a nice time in Indianapolis. We did five shows. They were interesting. They were exciting. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing
1: great. That was a real fun weekend.
0: Now, what? Let's. I mean, let's just get caught up briefly. Uh,
1: what's your did you go to the mountain today? Yeah, I did go to the mountain. What I had does that mean? Decompress. I had to decompress. I had to reconnect. And but get... you're always texting me about the mountain. What is this mountain? Someday you... I'm going to get you on that mountain. But what is your relationship with the My mountain? My relationship is the mountain. The mountain makes everything better. You get all clustered in your brain. Clustered? I or do. Or cluttered? You Clutter... talk... Both. You get cluster cluttered. I get clustered, cluttered in yeah. my brain. Yeah. I have to go to the mountain. I have to connect with nature. I have to take some deep breaths. I have to clear it all, all the garbage. What are you out of my running head? away
0: from? What What is
1: on your phone? <laughs> what is happening with you? I got um a, an Instagram account that I dedicated only to my dick. It's a hidden account. I have deleted it. But this it. is serious. This is I I just I'm addicted to sending dick pics. But don't you think that, that at some point, perhaps you run for office or you become a big comedy well, star? Well, I figure that- if I flood the market. Then it won't be a big deal.
0: But who do you send dick pics to? to?
1: Strangers from Craigslist.
0: You go on Craigslist and say, "I, what's your number? I got a picture for you."
1: <laughs> well, it's like people who are looking for looking for hookups. They're all bots. They're all bots. So you know it's not really going anywhere. So you're sending your dick to robots. Yeah, I'm trying to stop. I really, I haven't done it in a few days. It's so you don't even
0: care where the dick pic goes? No, you it just, doesn't matter. You just want to it send it out matter. into the world. What What is yeah, the yeah. feeling like when you release a dick pic? Oh,
1: it feels good. Of, Well, I feel like I can. well, people say, well, you know, when you send a dick pic to a woman, she's going to show it to her friends. It's like, yeah, that's the point. Are you that proud of your penis? No, there's nothing to be that proud of.
0: But so it's not even. Like, I think it's at, part of this
1: exhibitionism past I used to have uh-huh. when I was younger. So um, it's kind of starting to bite me in the ass a lot lately. Well, how's comedy going? I mean, comedy's it, going great. You
0: yeah, know? I mean, yeah. I thought you were funny, man. We had a good time, yeah, right?
1: I, yeah, that special is going to be really badass. If you're in New York, you need to go see it.
0: But that that's sold out. But perhaps they go to the the secret, the secret show, show yeah. on Sunday yeah. night at the Union Hall Sunday. The uh, what did I say? The 14th. That sounds right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. The 14th at 10 p.m. for free. Uh, I don't know if I'll do the special, but I'll do something. I got to stay engaged, man. Yeah. Do
1: you yeah, know what You I mean? were engaged this weekend. Like, there was a lot of just Riff City, USA. It was really fun. I
0: was fucking going out there, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, that was Mark doing did an
1: it. whole act out where... Um, like he pretended that the waiter came up and threw a glass of of soda, soda at him. me, yeah. Soda. And then it was a five minute uh, piece about how you would have reacted to that and what would have happened to the show. After and, that.
0: and you told me that the the manager of the club the, came in and thought there was
1: a problem. Yeah, she thought she walked in mid piece and thought that somebody really had fucked with you in some big way, and she was freaking out in the back of the room, like, "What's going on? Who did what to Mark?" And yeah. the manager's like, "No, no, listen no, no, it's fine. He's just doing a bit." She's like, "What happened? Did someone throw something?" In? Yeah, yeah. What's happening? He's like, "No, he's just pretending." Like you know, because I guess the last time you were there, yeah. it wasn't that great of a <laughs> like as far as like there might have been some surly moments between you and her, I guess. I don't know. It, I don't no, know. it was it was alright. I don't, I don't remember. remember. It was a long
0: time, but I you know, yeah. thank you. It was we had a good time. And yeah. Uh, and this is well, thank you, Ryan. Thank you for chiming in.
1: Yeah, no I appreciate problem. it. Good luck with the dick pic thing. Yeah, well, we're done with that. We're done with the dick pic thing.
0: We're over there at uh in indie, And I did Bob and Tom. You do Bob and Tom. Bob and Tom, of course, is an institution. It's a morning radio show that was at one time vital and relevant and exciting and full of fun. And now it's sort of it's not it's not that it's bad, but they've been doing it a long time. And, you, you know, it's weird that it seems like a different world. I have a tremendous amount of respect for uh, for morning radio crews. And, and they were certainly one of the best. And uh, now radio is sort of I, I know radio is changing because I know that I do advertisements that used to be on radio. And now they're doing podcasts. And, and some of these cats, you know, I don't want to scare anybody. I want people to keep their jobs. But I'll tell you something. There was a guy over there that uh, he's on the Bob and Tom show. He's sort of the sidekick sports guy. And I've been doing Bob and Tom for years. Not very often, but when I'm in the area, I do it. And Chick McGee, who is on the show, very funny guy, always felt a connection to this guy. Always felt a connection to Chick. Always got a kick out of him. And I knew somewhere in my heart that we were kindred spirits. And now Chick is doing a podcast uh, called uh, Off the Air with Chick McGee. You can get that at chickmcgee.com. And I went on this podcast not knowing that Chick. Not only did I not know that Chick had a co-host, but I didn't know that that co-host, Jessica, I believe her name is, uh, was you know someone he was in a relationship with, and they are now freshly out of the relationship. And I had no idea about any of this. And I had no idea what I was brought in to do. I mean, I knew I was going to be Mark Maron, but I didn't know that that I would become some sort of, you know, kind of a bridge to their understanding of their relationship by sharing. Look, all I'm saying is that this episode was, was as loaded emotionally as any episode I've ever done on my show. But it wasn't just me and it wasn't just a guest. It was it was I was in the middle of a relationship that had difficulty and had fallen apart. And I had no idea until I was in it. And, it. and I I can't wait to listen to it because it was one of the most emotional things I had dealt with on the air. I almost started crying. So I think you could pick that up and get it on iTunes off the air with Chick McGee or you go to chickmagee.com uh, That should be up today. So uh, I'm curious to hear how that went. But uh, it was heavy, man. I mean, I, I, was, I really didn't know that was going to happen.
1: And I told you about it. Yeah. And Chick came to the show Saturday night and he was talking about an agreement and he you could tell in his face he had been through some shit. that day. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was something, man. Uh,
0: I also want to say proudly that uh, WTF is now in the Library of Congress. Dig that. Uh, you know, they the I got a guy over there who's a fan and uh, and, you know, and uh, he's uh, been very interested in comedy. And we've had uh, you know some conversations about that. He's you know my four CDs are in the Library of Congress, but he asked for the first 100 on uh, MP3 DVD. That one that uh, is available still at WTFpod.com. And now we are officially WTF is officially in the Library of Congress cataloged uh, the first 100 episodes, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. It's posterity. It's you know we've been cataloged and archived in the Library of fucking Congress for aliens in the future, huh? Aliens in the future will. Yeah, I always wonder about that whole thing when people go, "Well, they're going to find this stuff, and what are they going to think?" We'll be lucky if there's anything here. <laughs> you know, let alone speculate about aliens. I think it's just going to be, you know, yeah, it's just people, you know, going through things, looking for food and burning things that will burn. Unfortunately, it's not going to be aliens.
1: It's going to be morons. You don't think they'll have <laughs> MP3 players as they're scavenging?
0: No, it's all going to start from the beginning again. It's it's going to be a, a new slate. If the aliens. Are 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 getting anything from the Library of Congress? I would like to think that they are advanced enough to pick up what I'm doing on iTunes. <laughs> I have to assume that they're advanced enough to be aliens that they have iTunes. They have access to whatever satellite technology we have, uh, you know, very easily. You know, they, I don't know what their tech support is or how far along they are with everything, but I have to assume that they've heard my show so let's get to the guest Rob Schneider came in and burned off a little steam and uh, talked to me for about an hour I, I always liked Rob and, and I, I used to remember his uh, stand up and it was a pleasure talking to him so let's uh, let's go now to me and Rob Schneider thanks for hanging out Ryan thanks for having alright Rob Schneider don't say anything else Rob Schneider now
2: They're doing some animated movie you know one of these my friend does an animated animation company Whatever's it's a, a popular movie yeah he knocks it off you know yeah. like instead of madagascar it's called jungle yeah you know and instead of you know uh emo or whatever is called <laughs> the reef you know that kind of crap you know shark shark bait or shark bite you know whatever's the thing it's like sh- instead of like Ice Age, just you know snow you know and uh, but you know they make a living, and I do like eight voices. You know, he just rapes me for, you know, different voices. So you,
0: Your buddy does uh, animation knockoffs. Is that what you are saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
2: a k- Korean company. You know, and they Come just on. like. You no, know, I am serious. Yeah, my friend Mark <laughs> DePay. he's actually a really talented so director.
0: It's sort of like those. Uh, you know, when you buy a, a pinata at one of these Mexican bodega party
2: shops, it's not yeah. quite. It's not quite SpongeBob.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's but you know what's
2: funny though, it's like, yeah. uh, there is the guys who are kind of. Uh, uh, certain corporations are like Nazis, like you know, yeah. like you would imagine. Yeah, Walt Disney. Sure, I met, I went into a cake shop and they say, oh yeah, the Disney people are in your cake shop. Yeah, because yeah. you, you know you could design a Mickey or whatever, and, and if you if they say, oh yeah, can you make a Mickey for us? And if you don't, you know, call the company and give them a thing, they got guys out there looking, and they, they got,
0: got stooges. or Disney stooges going to cake shops. Yeah, to say going like, to cake Hold
2: shops. On. Can you make that? You know, yeah. and I want a penis cake, but also can you make a Mickey? penis cake, and then they go. Then they got, like, if you don't, so they got to say like, wait a minute, is this from? Are you
0: from Walt Disney? Or no, it's not called Mickey Mouse. It's called Dicky Mouse.
2: Yeah, or something. You have to change it. Did they tell them to pull the cake out of the case and then smash no, it no, no, to no. teach them a <laughs> lesson? <laughs> they they fine them or threaten to sue them, and then it's you know for people, threat of a lawsuit or a lawsuit is a, is a fine because yeah. you have to pay and you have to get a lawyer and blah blah blah. That's worse than yeah. And, and so that's their way. But actually, you know what's funny is that Mickey yeah was supposed to be um the uh, public domain yeah and then they filed a uh a, a thing with the court saying that C. this steamboat
0: willie was for everybody yeah okay. i mean pretty much sure. well,
2: well it, it's only 70 years yeah so then uh, so and it was supposed to run out about uh, 12 years ago and then they got some extension because they're you know disney yeah and uh speaking of which they just and so so they don't have to i mean but in a few years you can get uh they even they will have to give up on owning disney owning uh, mickey really yeah, they run runs out. I mean, it does. It's public the, domain. The, oh, it, really? The, they the, got an extension because they're Disney. You know, I don't even know you can get but, an extension. But, I mean, wasn't, uh, wasn't it a Disney product? Didn't uh, Walt create Steamboat yeah, but yeah but, and... yeah, but it doesn't matter, though. Once it's become public domain, that's it. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, I mean, Mark Maron, when you, after your relatives, at 70-something years, yeah. you know, your podcast, you, you tell them you're not It just gonna,
0: goes back to the people.
2: It's just yes, that's where. It, well, that's the idea of it
0: should be. Well, yeah, I'm making such a fortune on my uh, <laughs> on my likeness
2: and now. <laughs> that's well, nice to know. It's that, that the people. Yeah. will finally get you. If I find a cake out there that looks <laughs> like me <laughs> and the shirt is wrong, yeah, I throw a shit fit, man. <laughs> I get lawyers involved. You motherfuckers can't make Mark Marin cakes. That's right. And then you got to get them. You got to get your Mark Maron stooges around. There. Oh yeah, you got to have stooges. You should probably have your Mark Marin stooges podcast stooges. You know, for people. <laughs> taking this forum, Well, they'd have to, there's a couple they'd have to put out of business. That, that's, oh yeah. Oh yeah, there's, a, there's no, a couple. When were you in San Francisco doing stand-up? Because I was there before you, obviously, because I don't remember you there. No, you were there before me. I'm not sure we've, we've ever met, but
0: we have common friends or common acquaintances. Some of your acquaintances don't necessarily like me, but uh, I was there. I came in, well, it's second in the competition, I think, 93, maybe. I was there, uh, is that possible? See, I see, was there in 80, okay, 80, okay, the
2: last one that I did in those 90. dumb competitions was nine. Was 87. I was there through like 92 through 94. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, well, that was like way past me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I sort of, I remember I seeing you an- on TV, I remember, I knew you came from San Francisco, I did my time, you know, on the Alex Bennett show, when it was just him talking about his gas.
3: Uh, (laughs) I know, but he
2: did did after a while only talk about, like, the web and, like, you know, what's the internet. And also, like, like, hey, do you feel sick? I feel sick. Does anyone feel a little clammy you know I, I will say that now, alex and i like alex and i you know sure but, but he was like nuts for a while there yeah. and like literally with the last arbitron ratings that they did for him in san francisco there was zero listeners well there this, was no one well, no this, one
0: the the the, the uh, in in-house studio audience just became one guy who sold pot
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and a dude wearing a star trek uniform but, but that's how great the modern media is now mark is that you can He's do it get, in your garage. I think he's on he, serious. He, yeah, he's on serious. You inside. talk to him still? Uh, yeah, I'll do his shows. You know, once in a while, and it probably sounds the same, right? Yeah, he's doing good. Whatever you know, uh, drugs. He's he's got a good mix. Whatever <laughs> he's on, though. Yeah, he
0: was like. By the time I got there, it, you know, his relevance had uh, diminished, and it was just.
2: But uh, just... give him credit though; he was huge though for a while. He was a kingmaker, comedy well, kingmaker. I know, that but team. I miss that. But it, did, so you, you know, what, I was there. Like, I mean, literally, like Bob Goldthwait was selling out like. More than just clubs. I mean he was like an event and mm-hmm. the Goldthwaite and that was single handedly from the Alex Bennett show. Alex Bennett was um you know, he used to do these morning things, and yeah. it would pack out a club in the morning. Yeah, I do it. I do a it. They still club. did
0: those. You'd go do to Cobb's, yeah. and you yeah. know, and then Greg Proofs would get you high, and then you'd be you wouldn't be able to talk. Right, <laughs> right. And right. he'd just sit there laughing at you because you were too stupid to even function. I was on his never dump pot. one of those baked uh, comedians. I was never one of those guys who like. I him. wasn't either. That was the problem. Yeah. Like you know, if Greg Proofs was like, hey, you want to, hang and I'm like, all right. And then I remember one time he did that to me at a live event at Cobb's, and I literally was so paralyzed with
2: fear and paranoia, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah,
0: you know, that I couldn't function.
2: Well, the weird thing about it is I'll smoke once in a while because my wife likes to smoke, but I don't like like, like to smoke. I just do it at a, you know defensively to be like, you know, because otherwise. All right, he, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be rude, you know, or like, <laughs> you don't want to be like a, the square guy. Yeah. But like, you know, the couple times you smoked when I was on Saturday Night Live, there was, uh, you know, Willie Nelson. Okay, well, okay, with Willie Nelson. You got to smoke with like Willie a Nelson. small room. I'll yeah. smoke with him. He yeah. seems like a nice guy. How'd then, that go? You know, uh, it was, a, you know what, he has a, a surprisingly, uh, not surprisingly, mellow weed. Yeah. <laughs> like a very mellow high. It wasn't like, you know, spacey, crazy. But then I was on stage and I was, you know, one of those things, that you know, I was promoting movies. Yeah. I kind of got lost in the system. The first time I got kicked out of the studio system, I was depressed when Disney kicked me off. And the second time I got kicked out- When did that happen? God, that was like after the hot chick didn't open or whatever, you know. It, what, it's a good what, movie, but it wasn't, uh, It we opened up against uh, <laughs> Star Trek. There's a bad idea. <laughs> No, I know that that was my own hubris, my own idiocy. Like, nah, I'll go up against Star Trek. What the hell? Come on, it's like I'm playing a girl. What could go wrong? <laughs>
0: okay, so anyway, me playing I, a girl can take on the Enterprise. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then I, so that crashed and burned horribly. And I yeah. got. Kicked. I remember there was a great phone call on Monday after that movie uh, tanked. <laughs> I got a phone call from uh, yeah. Nina Jacobson, the the then president who was then fired about a year later. From uh, Disney. From Disney. Yeah. Nina Jacobson called up and said, yeah. I just want you, to, we, Rob, we just want you to know that this does not affect how we feel about you <laughs> as a movie star, which means this affects <laughs> how we feel about you as a movie star. And that was it. I was off the lot. You know, in six weeks, I was gone. Really? You
0: had to pack up your bungalow and leave? Uh, yeah, yeah. I had,
2: I had to pack up my eight boxes. <laughs> I actually put my wine cabinet over there. I was such an idiot. You know, I'm going to be here for a while. Really? Really? <laughs> So anyway, you know I'm just an idiot having a wine cabinet. Wait, there. but did, what,
0: what did you have invested in that? Did you, was do you wrote and directed it, or was it just a star vehicle? You, or you were you actually? Well, on yeah, it?
2: I mean I had an actual deal with Disney, right. there, Because you know Deuce Bigelow made three hundred fifty million dollars. So yeah, it was like you know. So they're like, this is our guy. He's yeah, he's we, the golden clown. He's a guy until he bombs. <laughs> yeah. we're gonna hang on to this guy until. So how does this lead to pot? So what happened was, and then I got, and then by the time I got kicked off of, yeah. uh, then I went to Sony, and then I got kicked off their lot. You now that was it. What movie and was that? I was, yeah, I was which relieved. was that? Which movie <laughs> was the second Deuce Deuce Bigelow, <laughs> Deuce Bigelow too. The Abortion. And um, that's when I took all the studio notes. I didn't used to take all of them before. But um, anyway, so I'm on stage promoting a movie that I don't like. I'm, I'm in some, you know, and you end up being like at the Super Bowl. Yeah. And like, you know, when we were kids, if we were yeah. at the Super Bowl, we would have like, you know, I was a Joe Montana. I'm a San Francisco guy. I would have liked, I mean, that Super Bowl was unattainable. It wasn't something that, I couldn't even get, I mean, maybe, maybe I I never went to one game my entire childhood. It was just not attainable for me. I'm not a poor kid. I came from a middle class family. It's just Mm. not something we, we they didn't spend money and want to get in that traffic and blah, blah, blah. It just wasn't attainable for us. (laughs) So anyway, so here I am. I'm, I'm depressed about my movie not doing good. I'm at the Super Bowl I'm promoting this damn thing, and then I, and the next thing I know, yeah, I'm on stage, and then a Snoop Dogg is, like, passing out, has, uh, like, it it, it, it was a joint, and I thought it was a joint, and it's, the next thing I know, it's like a, it's, it's more like a, a tube, and it's like a brown (laughs) tube that's on fire, and I looked at, and I don't know, and I go, I, at first I thought it was a cigar, first I thought it was a joint, because I know he smoked, but it's just this puff of smoke coming out, and I was all of a sudden, this thing, it was like, it's a peace pipe, it's a, it's a doggy, you know, Snoop Dogg peace pipe, and then was this it was this and it's what i learned later it's a spliff yeah sure which is like a you know this is a real serious joint (laughs) and so i said well i'm not gonna be rude i'm on stage you know he's doing his thing and he's bad i don't know what the hell i was doing on stage so i get a a, a hit of this spliff and i'm telling you i was paralyzed for 45 minutes (laughs) i couldn't move i couldn't i was stay i just stood on stage and he kind of like was looking at me and i I didn't even feel like i could move or down bounce to the beat or anything i was just i you know it's one of those things it was just before cell phone cameras you're able to because a thousand people would have had this this wasn't the halftime show was it no <laughs> this is like the, one of those shitty parties the night before where people show up or whatever yeah. but this is thank god it was before cell phone cameras right where people could like they, videotape they, they, this would be, be on there forever they, you've just been paralyzed with fear <laughs> yeah and then I couldn't move and I felt like my body was bad. and then you know you, your knees start to lock up and you feel like you know what And then, like, I got to get out of here. Please tell me Snoop was laughing at you. (laughs) After a while, Snoop, he looked over and then, but he kind of was concerned. And then he realized,
3: yeah, that was some powerful shit. (laughs) That was the shit I gave him. Yeah.
2: So when did you, you were like 12 when you started stand-up? I was about 15 when I realized there was a comedy club in San Francisco. Which one? Which one? A Holy City Zoo. Right, the classic. And so then I went there. And who'd you see first, like, uh, right away? Steve Pearl? Uh, oh, Who was, look, on, uh, good, uh, who was uh, on stage? It's the a
0: small boy here. I think I'll use him as a phone. <laughs> uh,
2: you know <laughs> what? There was Who was the guy? Billy Jay was a comedian. Billy Jay, yeah. And Kevin Meany. Yep. Um, Steven Kravitz was a great guy.
0: Kravitz. How are you? Yeah yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, Steve, you know, Steve Pearl. I oh, hear they're
0: uh, coming out with a turbo cult. That's all <laughs> I need is a shitty car that goes the- really fucking
2: fast. <laughs> 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 hey, and then... <laughs> and then there is, uh, you know, the first comedian I saw, though, was Gonzo. Doctor Gonzo, yeah, he's mm. a good guy. John Means, we got back in touch. He's out in Illinois, working. Like he's at, doing a thing. Right, he's got a good thing going. I someone a, was just talking to me about. He's it. He's got a he's theater got, out there, out uh, in, the, in a, the middle of uh, bar and
0: restaurant and theater kind yeah, of thing.
2: Yeah, and it's doing well. And he's a great guy. He's he was one of those a musical guys, comic. Yeah, he's one of those guys. But the musical comic, you respected, right? He was. He yeah, was one of those yeah. guys because you know most of the music. I mean, he's like a, he, he had integrity. He was song a, parodies is just you know it's like yeah. on Saturday Night Lives the lowest form of comedy was a shit joke mm-hmm. or a celebrity screaming or a, a, a celebrity, or somebody screaming, or a shit joke. And actually, Phil Hartman, in 1992, was able to combine a Rob Smigel joke to make the trifecta of hackiness a celebrity screaming a shit joke, which was, "I got ch- like doing a Frank Sinatra yeah. impersonal, I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. <laughs> so there's a celebrity yelling a shit joke right there. So you got the... This was an intentional challenge that he yeah, took. Yeah, but Rob Smigel's one of those, he's a genius. A oh, no, genius, absolutely. But, but could not... Differentiate between his stuff that was just good and stuff that was brilliant. He loved it all. So okay, so it's Billy J, Doctor Gonzo, Kevin Meaney, uh I did you know Stephen Pearl because he was uh, a, yeah 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 Steve. He still, was sort of a wizard. Uh, yeah. Kravitz and uh, Kravitz and Warren Thomas. Warren Thomas. Warren Thomas. Yeah yeah. He was oh. a lovely guy. I can say Warren was much 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 funnier offstage than onstage. Yeah, because he he just had no boundaries, and you just
0: immediately became a sponge yeah, for. But I remember humor. like,
2: but he also had some demons, obviously. Oh yeah. And uh, but the I remember. Hanging out with him, and, and he was, you know, with doing all kinds of stuff. We would stay up till seven o'clock in the morning, right? And he was doing blow, and yeah. we would just, but he would still be one of those guys who was like funny, not like get paranoid on. He would just make jokes. We're watching TV, constantly making jokes on everything, yeah, yeah, And after a while, you can't laugh anymore. All I was able to do is just go, eh. I was just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, just vocalize it, Yes, that's a joke. I recognize. Yeah, it. he was uh. fast. He was so fast. Yeah, but I, but never disciplined enough to be on stage um, to where he could craft and act and build on it. And that's what you need to do to be successful. But when, now it's, wait, he'd have brilliant sets sometimes. Right, but it was just he would go up and down. But he wasn't able to like to craft something in a way that, like, uh, you know, which is
0: what you have to do. I don't think he liked repeating things. He, like, he was one of those guys where he's like, I don't want to do my act, and then, like, by default, he'd end up doing it, but it was always seemed like he wasn't planned. Like, he'd have good bits. Well, you know, he had a, and what he had was an incredible likability, but even that, though, is only going to get you so far. He you was know? Doing, And it was also a riff style, you know? There was that kind of, like, Warren Thomas, Steve Pearl, Robin Williams, and then Craig, yeah, yeah, Craig well,
2: Proops, Matrix. Robin was the that. reason we had a... Uh, a, um. a scene at the time because, you know, audiences were showing up to see him and more times than not, they would because he was one of those guys who just couldn't help but you know he's dying to get on stage. So. He's on stage right now somewhere. No matter where he is. Yeah, I <laughs> know. As a matter of fact, I had not performed up in San Francisco. And I performed up there. The Throckmorton. It's it's an Did you go o- to the Throckmorton? It was the uh, Mark Pittas place. It was yeah, this. Throckmorton
0: Theater. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: That is like a you know it's it's like a senior center with seats. Yeah, you go. You back, know? Yeah, it's like I mean I backstage
0: found, and on, uh, yeah. and in the audience. And
2: I saw Martz Mart, Mart I saw what was left of Mart Saul yeah. backstage. He still there remains. Of like of I invented Saul. everything. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I said that once, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it was still great to see him. But you know, it's funny he shows up, but then he doesn't leave the back room. He doesn't go see the show. No, he that's just, a perfect uh, comic. That's a comic. Yeah,
3: well,
0: he doesn't like. I've asked him to interview. Like, he's got some weird beef with me or something. I think he's one of those guys that thinks that he invented, you know, writing and paper and.
2: Yeah, I mean, no, but there's some of the guys. You know, one thing I've noticed, Mark, Doug and, Ferrari's uh, back around. Is he really? <laughs> Oh <laughs> my like, gosh. Well, Doug Ferrari was another guy who used to murder. And I go, How is this guy? I remember, I swear to God, yeah. Doug Ferrari is a guy who used to sing song parodies for yeah. people out there. Yeah. He was murdering so hard. And I brought a girl who was with me at the time, you know, I was a, you know, a hound. And know, yeah. was, was this girl who was a dancer. And I yeah. just, she was just nuts, but I was just totally into her. She was laughing so hard at him, I broke up with her. <laughs> 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 i swear to god i said that's it i can't so it. i don't care first, how hot this when did you is. first go on stage no so i was 15 i walked to the uh you know I, I had my dad it was this lovely guy marvin a nice jewish guy from san francisco uh marvin schneider and he uh and i said dad still you know, around no he's passed away hmm. uh, uh and um so i said you know hey dad there's a club uh the holy city zoo and and i said uh, they on monday nights should so i let anybody go up there and he said let's go yeah So was it? You know, I had a trombone. As I tell you, know, play trombone between jokes. You did, and it was just weird. You know, because when you're a kid up there, did you have a trombone? Yeah. Uh And so when you're a kid, you know, it's like it's you have to be. The audience has to be in a in Like you know how how baked I was with Snoop. There was a kind of there was an ambiance happening. There was like a (laughs) that you have to have that so the audience can be relaxed and they can settle into you. There's like a mood that has to happen. When you see a kid up there, your audience just stiffens up and go (laughs) no. (laughs) And then you know I don't know what the hell to talk about. That's going to be relatable to these people. You know they're not going to laugh at my science teacher. Oh. Jokes, because I thought, hey, I could do it between between jokes. <laughs> but so, it was an earnest thing between take... jokes, and I swear to God, that's what I did. I only did it one time, and I realized the the waste <laughs> of this. <laughs> But then I I remember <laughs> it thinking, must have been
0: as big as you were the fucking yeah, horn. <laughs> but here's
2: the best part of yeah. it, you know. Then I started going. Anytime I was 15, I had a car. Yeah, I you know because I was working. I was yeah. like a I worked for Chang and Chow 76 in San Francisco. Yeah, John Chang and Patrick Chow, and they had a, 70,
0: a 76 station.
2: Seventy six station. What oh, were no, you doing? No, I was guys pumping gas because that that was when they used to pay cash a yeah, lot of the times. Sure. You know, and I was the only guy I didn't steal from them, so they yeah. loved me. Yeah. They used to tell me, said you know, said. Uh, Rob, why don't you – why do you, you want to finish school for? You work here full-time. No. No, you work here full-time. No, no, quit that, uh, that school stuff. No, you work here. That's it. No, no more. And I went, you know, but I kind of like I want to do other things. No, why do other things? No, oh, I can't. Because they knew that they could add the bill, and I was it was even, you know, right. when <laughs> I was working. <laughs> so, I'm, no, you stay here, work full-time. That's it. And they just – you know, they I, I wanted to do other things. But they were, they were lovely people. But they also – the only time that they, you know, that, that I, I, you know, I never, I'm, I'm just one of those things I just will not steal. I just have that thing about that, yeah. you know. Uh, I mean, I'll take a pen, you know, pens I got, I will sure, steal. sure. I'll steal your fucking pen for the yeah. end of the day. But <laughs> the, uh, so anyway, the only thing that, that uh, so people, they would come in, and the only th- ever, and the f- bad thing I ever did was they would make me change brakes. Like, you know, if somebody came in, they you just needed to adjust it. No, no, change it. Yeah. And I go, but it looks fine. No, 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 no. They <laughs> want new brake, you give them new brake, you know, you got the customer <laughs> all right. <laughs> So, So you knew how to change brakes? That's about the- I I can fix anything on a Volkswagen, because that's what I had. Yeah. um, So, anyway, I started being able to get around, and I I was able to get to that club when I was, you know, uh, 16, especially 16, hitting that club- and then, um, and I remember like the club owner, I forget the guy's name who was running the place. Uh,
0: Samuels, but, somebody, Samuels? Oh, do you mean
2: Jim Samuels? Yeah, was it Jim? Well, Jim, he was the comic. He was like the guy who won the comedy competition in 82. He was a super nice guy. But he didn't own the club? No, he didn't own the club, but he basically, but that was, a, he was such a great guy. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's like, you know, when I grew up, you know... You know, gay people were like, uh, you know, uh, my heroes because there were such lovely people, and Jim was one of them, who was just this lovely, lovely, great, generous comedian. Anyway, so and San I, Francisco I, was San really S- the,
0: a big; you know, it was like celebrated in San yeah. Francisco. Yeah, you know, I mean, was it that?
2: was well. Well, you know, we also had like the first openly gay, you know, city council. Yeah, yeah. You know, Harvey yeah. melkin and I was in school when he was killed. Uh, so you remember that day. Yeah, that was just like I just remember because uh, being in class and I just heard like the, I didn't I, I heard that the mayor got killed, but I didn't know that it was also Harvey Milk who got killed. And I remember it's been
0: crazy days. Yeah, well, that
2: was just you know one of the weird things because it's not like today a school shooting. It's just like you know what else is on the news. It's like page four. This was yeah, it didn't you know?
0: happen. That kind of shit just didn't happen. Yeah, so then.
2: that was really a really a trippy bizarre thing. And then you know because it was the beginning of uh, you know for you know. I mean, if you take like you know, if you take gay and, uh, and and put Negro in the switch words, it's the same fight as it was in the '60s, right? You know, and you know, it's it's for just equality and rights and stuff. So, but it being there, so um, that really made San Francisco an interesting, great place. I thought, and so you know, when I was so I was 16, and I don't know So I I went to the club, and the guy said, okay, you can perform and you can be on stage, but it's a, you're underage, you can't have liquor there. So you have to get out of here. It only you can only perform. You got to wait outside. And you can't hang out in the club. So you're standing outside. So I'm standing outside, and then I go on stage, and I did my five minutes. And I've been, this time I've been doing it for a, you know, a few times. Yeah. I, you know, I, just like my third or fourth time. And then um, after I perform. You know I got a couple laughs and then Billy J, of course is came like, hey what are you doing come back here kid come sit in the back you can watch in the back so I go, okay come sit in the back anyway so I'm watching for But the guy sees me grabs me by the nape of the neck and lifts me my toes dragging out of the club and dumps me onto the bar <laughs> I wanted to say hey what did I tell you kid I know but Billy Joe well, you can listen to me or him you know so anyway I-
0: I, there was a couple jokes he used to do that were uh that I remember pretty well that were hilarious you know, why don't you... Oh, the Rolling Stones joke. Well, why don't you go down there and sit in with the band? That joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that's like... a great joke.
2: Well, thank you. That was with like, your clarinet. Yeah, gosh, that's funny. You know, why don't you just... Yeah, take your clarinet, go sit with the band. Sit in with the band. That, you know, my, dad, my dad's idea of like... Uh, you know, just go and join in there, you know? <laughs> I'm sure, they just show up. Well, because my dad was a yeah. j- played jazz music in the forties. What was his instrument? Uh, he played. He played everything. He played any woodwind instrument. Then he could you know, figure out the piano whenever he played about seventeen instruments. you know. Uh-huh. And he could play any woodwind instrument, sax or whatever. So he when when a jazz band, would sh- when a band would show up, yeah. He'd bring his clarinet and say he's with the band and sneak in. And so I mean, so my dad was like, you know, when the Stones were in town, yeah. he'd go, hey, just bring your clarinet and see if you can, you know, sneak in and say, hey, I'm with the band. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm the clarinet player. I'm, I'm playing the bassoons. You know, you know, come on, sticky fingers, come on. You know, the uh, I'm the clarinet, I'm the guy the clarinet. <laughs> satisfaction <laughs> that's me you know <laughs> you know uh so but th- you know th- that's the great thing about having parents who are older hopefully my 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 daughter will feel the same way well what how old were they when they had you well my my i was the last one i was the accident though so i was my parents were like mid-30s how many brothers and sisters you had? i got uh, two brothers and uh and three sisters and, see uh, you just had a kid I just and you're my kid. age. You're a month older than me, I think. You're 49? Yeah, 49, baby. Because yeah, I got a girl now wants a kid. How old's your girl? She, uh, well, my, my wife's uh, 20 years younger than me, which is yeah, great. Yeah, it's you know? the same with me, man. She still wants to do things, leave yeah. the house, have friends. You know, how's that going? Learn how to read, all yeah. this stupid <laughs> shit that's unnecessary. <laughs> no, I said, I'll read it to you, honey. <laughs> well, how's it going? It's going. <laughs> Except that, you know, she's got a lot more energy. And here's the deal. You okay. Know, a part of the machismo for being a guy yeah. is like, you know, I can't admit when I'm tired. Right. You know? Right. It's like, you know, when you're in your 20s, yeah. the difference going out with the girl, hey, you know, I want to throw you down and take you and then you know blah 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 yeah know. sure sure and in your 40s is like well let me give a couple more hours before this thing kicks in baby you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. But, 40, but, but it's 40 great. minutes so but something. i know what i want yeah. and also you become more patient and then it's also it's a weird thing that happens because my wife is a really bright girl but she's, she talks about like you're having andropause yeah. andropause yeah yeah well supposedly it's the same thing like menopause except andropause it's like mm-hmm. I, it's like you know it's just bullshit she stuff. she read that, something yeah, but it's this <laughs> bullshit thing where they have to everything. In, everything in America has to be disease. By the way, did you notice that sixty five percent of every commercial on TV right now? Yeah, is a fucking drug commercial? Yeah. It's a drug commercial because we there, took a drugged out country. You know, it's, it's so funny. And also, uh, or procedural commercials with yeah. weird vaginal, uh,
0: t- there's lube commercials now, there's vibrator commercials now, there's But, but mostly of it's drugs. you, know, if you meshed, watch the news,
2: a, watch the news. Every commercial is on there. Sure. Right? It's a drug. Sure. To, so anyway, you know, but Go it's going sleep. good. But, but so, so she says basically, and the, the idea is as you get older in your forties, your late forties, your hemispheres of the separating two sides of the brain starts to melt. Is that true? Yeah. Is it? So so you become more emotional. You think about seeing cinema (laughs) Paradiso Again. Again, yeah. (laughs) And you, uh, yeah, yeah. So it becomes, you become less of, uh, you know, it happens at the same time that your testosterone is, you know. So
0: you're slowly becoming an old woman? is that? Yeah,
2: I mean, I am. I'm becoming the, um, I'm definitely the woman in the relationship, but I, I'm also okay with it. Yeah. That's the thing about the, you know, getting older. You have to become more tolerant or you deal, fucking die.
0: How's the baby? How old is this baby? This
2: baby is uh, three months old. Oh and my God. Three months and three days. Is it, it, I count the days. Yeah. That's how beautiful. And really, it's beautiful. Like this morning I was up with her at five. My wife always says, you don't do enough. I do everything. Yeah. And I said, I just changed the, how many diapers did you change today? <laughs> I said two. <laughs> I did 10. You know, so, but I don't have, you know, I don't have tits, so I can't feed the baby. Yeah, I, yeah. And you're better and you're younger, you yeah, know. Yeah. But again, it's a machismo. I can't admit that I'm younger and I get i t- that she's older and I get more tired. So you got up with the kid at 5? Uh yeah. I was up at yeah, 5:30. And what happens is, you know, it's the mom is staying with us. Thank God, the the abuelita's there. Yeah. Abolita, thats Spanish for free domestic servant, you know. <laughs> so she's then the grandma's staying there, and I and, and thank she's like a she's like a um, uh, the baby whisper because uh. the baby could be crying, pooping, yeah. sneezing, or yeah. you know, usually all those things at the yeah. same time. And then she just comes over. and She's got this. She's got like a it's like a it's a whistle and uh-huh. a shush. It's like a shush 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 shush. The baby's like ah. Shush 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 And The baby's like in you know, the baby con you know she does the same thing at customs too you know? uh, uh. yeah uh, ma'am i notice you don't have a visa to enter america <laughs> ma'am i uh, think you have a uh, you have a live chicken in your luggage She <laughs> yeah so, uh, but it's it's been you know I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. it. It'll throw your life in turmoil. I mean, I definitely feel like I've aged two years in the last three months, but that's okay. You know, I, I love it, and it's just you know it really is. So it's a, Wait, it's exhausting, what? and just when you think god we have to kill it yeah you know it starts smiling <laughs> at you you know and then that. Like, we our window to kill it is closed you know what what did your parents do when you grew up my dad was in like real estate and had like a little loan business this is before and this he was like, a musician too yeah and he was a musician but he knew it as a musician he wasn't gonna be able to make enough money a bread to like you know yeah to make to pay for a family yeah. so he knew he'd so and he was a jew yeah, so he was like, a, he's the only Jew that. But there was like different kind of Jews though who would like. I know, you know a th- Jew. different I'm a certain kind. But there's, but there's different, you know, th- just like in every, you know, class yeah, structure. Yeah, sure. He was like my dad, my grandfather couldn't read or write. Right. He was a barber. Uh-huh. He, he had his um, a barber shop next to the Fox Theater. On Market Street in San Francisco. Really? The old, Marks, the old uh-huh. Fox Theater. Uh-huh. And um, my dad used to shine shoes, you know, and my dad was telling me, like, you know, <laughs> they used to have stickers. Yeah. Where the stickers, and you could, you know, during the war. Yeah. The World War, the big one, World War Two, the, the soldiers would come in, and yeah. they'd, they'd get a haircut and whatever, and then he'd, you know, give them a facial for, like, another nickel. Yeah. And then he'd, my dad would sign the shoes for another couple of pennies. Yeah. And then if they wanted to spend a dime, they could win a bicycle. uh uh-huh and the bicycle was like you peel back these things and it come Schwinn would sell these things and you know and then the company would make a little bit of money and they gave a bicycle but my dad my grandfather did he pulled off all the things took the bike yeah. gave it to Marvin yeah. and then put the things back on so people had no chance of winning of course my dad you know he was <laughs> he got the bike he got he, the scam you know yeah. he, he, was, he was scamming scamming the, so but um, but you didn't scam the Changs I never scammed them Changs <laughs> them damn Changs never got scammed by me uh, but yeah, growing up there was just, you had, you had at your disposal, but at the same time, wherever you grow up, I think is really boring. Well, wait, your mom was Filipino? My mom's Filipino. Yeah. My mom's Filipino. So we had like, my mom had great timing. She would never understand any jokes. She would yeah. just be like, ha ha ha. Would she laugh at them? Ha yeah. ha ha. Yeah. And then she'd lean over and go, what does it mean? <laughs> so she was being polite. <laughs> she was being polite. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you're saying it was
0: boring no matter where
2: you well, grew well, up? Well, wherever you grow up, it just, it seems like this is boring. I remember yeah. driving around San Francisco with my dad, and I go, what's that big building? And he said, it's it's a hotel. And I went, people pay money to come here? This is awful. But then, you know, when you get older and you're 15, you realize that, you know, I found out. yeah, Yeah, you know, Chinatown. I have this old map. I don't know where the hell it is, but it's a map from 1874 yeah. of Chinatown, and it's a map mm-hmm. that's from the police station that marked out all the opium dens, because they were legal, opium it, dens, and then the white uh, with the Chinese prostitution and white prostitution. Really? Okay, yeah. So the whole thing was red, which yeah. means it's on a fun- the whole thing was an opium den. Yeah. And there was like uh, yellow, which means it was all Chinese prostitution everywhere, and a couple little white things. So for the guys, you know, you get bored, you go, you know, I'm tired of these Chinese prostitutes. <laughs> They got any whiteys around here? You know, I feel like a little for the sailors. Yeah, yeah. Go, let's mix it up a little bit. You know what I mean? And then I've got a couple of those lamps. My wife made me throw away all man antiques. Unfortunately, she said the only antique I like is you. So, <laughs> but I had a couple of those old lamps from yeah. the old. You know, yeah. Because you know, San Francisco, they had some of those old antique places. There was used to be a place on uh, on Grant Street. Yeah, called Old Vogue or whatever it was. Right. There, or like there was some a, of those antique places are ripoffs. They're fake antiques. Some of them, but these guys, I believed. Like this is yeah. one of these old, like the you know, and it was basically. Again, Gas lamps. Lamp. They lamp. Yeah, there was like a little lamp with it's an alcohol lamp. Oh right, that right. They right. go around and then they the guys would you know take their pipes and smoke off it while they're sitting there getting baked, thinking about oh, so that's going, a lamp ho- that going to, whoring. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I said, wow. Well, San I think Francisco. it was probably one or the other.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in my uh, my knowledge of opiates, there's not much fucking going
2: on. That, that's true. Okay. That is the fucking. <laughs> that is true. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So, but that was a great place. Well, to, I mean, don't get mad about it. <laughs> but the the. Um, but wait let's He's, let's
0: let's huh? track the career for a minute can okay. we because i i, yeah. I want to so you, okay so you start doing it when you're
2: 16 Yeah, and then i got to buy when i found out by the time i was 20 and i got to like
3: um but you
0: were sort of a prodigy in a way i mean you know people liked you you did the little they called you little elvis right
2: yeah i mean i and got by 19 the, by 20 i was hitting it and i was 21 i got a i got the old other cafe that was the blessing for us was that cafe which was run by fake hippies. Yeah. They would pretend to be your friend and (laughs) pretend to be giving you a good deal and then steal from you. And uh, they liked me because I would be MC. That was in the East Bay? No, 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 no. The There's, other uh, cafe. The other cafe was right in uh, Carl and Cole in the Haight Ashbury. Oh, San really? Francisco. Okay. And that was the place. And like the be- the head- the headliner at the time there was Dana Carvey. That was the guy. And I opened for him. And he had a real audience. Then they were jazz. They would line up around the block to well, see was him. He sort of like came from street performing, didn't he? Like, he was it- the biggest guy. No, he was. Um, he he like. Uh, I'm thinking a. Wh- a Whitney Brown. A Whitney Brown. Yeah. Well, he did more than street performing. He was that guy. Did time. Yeah. That guy did. You know, that guy prison performing. <laughs> Yeah, he's that, a,
0: that he's a character,
2: dude. Yeah, that's the only guy that I that I would n- I'd never had a conversation with when he was on Saturday Night Live because I knew he was an evil guy from being in San Francisco. But he's a very uh, he when I, when he was on Saturday Night Live, he, tried, he he got in Dennis Miller's head and he, he said he said hey, uh, Dennis. Um, let's go Let's go watch you and then he'd, he'd watched the tape Dennis Miller or you know A. Whitney Brown was watching a tape with Dennis Miller yeah. and, and, and Whitney was just going look at you look at the fear there's nothing but fear you got nothing I mean I'm telling you man I'm telling you this isn't working look at that you're crumbling here and he was like and Dennis was just destroyed and, went like, and then he realized hey this is an evil guy trying to ruin me <laughs> I let this guy into my house I, you know it's like you know it's like letting the devil into your house anyway so he would try to get into everybody's head you know and then you know
0: an important lesson: not to let people in your head. Yeah,
2: yeah. But I so whenever he would even try to have a conversation with me, yeah, he would like the weirdest thing about him was he try to have a conversation with I don't know why we're talking about A. Whitney Brown. He would have a conversation with me, and I would just turn around and walk away. Yeah. I would never even, and that would Wouldn't never even engage. And him? he would, so he, by the way, so he would have a really try a quick way to get in your head, like I heard you sucked at blah blah, and that was I walk, I go on, you know, I would yeah. even get to the end. <laughs> that one sketch you stunk, <laughs> and that was, that and that was it. All right, so wait, okay, so here you are, anyway. you are at the other cafe, yeah. Yeah,
0: and uh, Danny Carvey's the big deal, and that was a music and, venue too,
2: or was uh, it? No, all no, it was just like a it was like a coffee shop, little restaurant run by fake hippies. Yeah, and um, who and they, and then they they just you know they got rich off this place because people would show up and they pay like ten twelve dollars on a Friday right. Saturday, right? Which was like ridiculous, right? Know? And um and then we would you know then they there'd be people would come in Jerry Seinfeld would play that place. And it was like a, it was one of the hipper places in the whole country. what year was this man? this is eighty four yeah, you know, okay, so you're talking you know you're literally eighty four eighty five Eighty six. Uh-huh. That was the gold standard there for San Francisco comedy at that time. Right. I mean, it really was. I mean, they could say 82, 83, other comedians, but for for me, that was the really that was the time where it was an explosion and, of comedy. And you were featuring, or you could headline. Yeah. I, no. No. I was. I was basically an MC, which I was happy to do it because well, the best thing about for me was I could MC and then, which you know, uh, and introduce all the comics all night, and they, they liked the the club liked me, the the fake hippies liked me because I could. <laughs> keep the audience there because didn't steal. Be, and i'd be drinking and i, and I never stole Yes, <laughs> Chang, don't know no, trust it why you want to do that there's no don't go back school no you stay here you got a future here i'm pump number three you got a future thanks Chang. <laughs> so you hosted and then when did break come how'd that happen well it's one of those things where like uh you know i had a i, I had a um a, a really you know nice manager you know um Tom Fisher was a guy, a nice guy. He was a a comedy club. Um, He didn't own the zoo? No, he didn't own the zoo, but he booked a bunch of places, and he was really super nice to me, had a heroin problem. Sure. But never, he seemed to have it kind of under control. (laughs) And uh, you know, but San Francisco, you know, that's one of the things. You know, I, I want to manage you, but I got a heroin problem. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. You know, I'll be available Tuesdays and Thursdays between eight and nine <laughs> at night. I'll, I'll sober up. But uh, so this guy, and he used to like he used to get me some gigs, like yeah. twenty five bucks. So you'd go to a place, get twenty five. Go bucks. to Stockton, fifty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You go to Reno. Yeah, and then um we've got uh, the John Foxes of the world. Yeah, Is well, it? and then I hope I was the MC for a while at the I was the MC at the Punchline, which was great. you could actually make a few hundred bucks doing that. Did you meet Bill Graham? Yeah, Bill Graham actually saw me. It's funny. Bill Graham saw me and said, Hey, you're funny, kid. And I started to get hot about yeah. 1985. You yeah. Know. yeah said hey you're funny kid you know what 85 86 that's yeah, when yeah. and he said they you know they got these bands coming in from england yeah you're gonna open for them you're young you're hip they're yeah. gonna like you and i went like okay and and uh, cut to i'm opening for this band uh call you know their big hit was you spin me around around baby around around like a record baby and they're like really hardcore everyone's dressed black they got their hair hair dyed black and they got like you know and they're pale it was like and and i literally i'm on stage trying to tell a joke a quarter flies right towards me hits me right above the eye good night and then a bottle and i said whoa that was it you know and then i and then it said, kid it's not working out <laughs> and then i know but he he still had me open you know you yeah. know working middling i think started middling at that time in a um for his his punchline because yeah. he owned the punchline at the time yeah. yeah yeah but he was great you know i mean he was one of the guys who was you know a uh, kid you know <laughs> You're gonna be huge, I'm never wrong, you know it's one of those things It's like really am I and, and but but in eighty four what really yeah. helped me a lot was um 84, maybe it was 85, maybe like 85, 86, about that. But Jay Leno was like, you know, he was on on Letterman doing like, where's the beef? Yeah. You know, what's your beef, you know, Jay? Jay, what's your beef? I'll tell you my beef, Dave. Hey, Dave, with that? Dave, let me tell you my beef. You know my beef. what I mean? Here's the thing. You know these guys, you know, you got these you know, you know the old car thing, the You know these cars, you know. You know, it's got a grill, you know, it's got a grill, you know. In the morning, you get up, you know, and you hose off a Toyota Celica, you know, one of these kind of grills, you know what I mean? That's a
3: real car. This is a car. Not like toy. This is a
2: real car. <laughs> and so he was doing that kind of stuff and he yeah. became, he got huge. All of a sudden he started yeah. what the, a, playing guy? theaters. Yeah, And so... Uh, I, He's a, a funny comedian. Oh, he was a great comic. He yeah. was the strongest comic. You know, I'd like you know, have your killer bits mm-hmm. when you first start. Okay, yeah. Five minutes from now, sure. we're going to get to that killer bit. Yeah. And I'll just yeah. get through this weak section, <laughs> then I'll get to the kill. Then I'll space it out, and then I will get to the killer bit at the end, and then I'll you know I'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. filler, it's all e- filler. Every bit of his was a killer bit. Yeah. It was a monster bit. Yeah. And then in '85, you know, he was the absolutely the strongest, best comedian in the country by far. He was the best comic of his era. So anyway, so he um. My manager said, hey, listen, you know, he got booked and, you know, he like helped book him or something in these this theaters. Fisher. Fisher, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you pick him up yeah. and just hang out with him. You can absorb something from him. Yeah, you know? you're the opener. You go pick get the up. guy at the airport. You know, but I didn't open. I wasn't even at the first. And then he, I opened for him after that. But what happened was uh, you pick him up just make sure you're on time and make yeah. sure you know where you're going. I know you know the city because I am like a city rat. Yeah. I know anything. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd be right there, right at the gate. Mm-hmm. And he said, where's your car? I go, oh, it's right up front, Mr. Leno. And so we got in the car and then after a while he go, Hey kid, that's what we comic? What are you mean? You know, like, yeah, yeah, I'm a comic. Well, how long have you been doing? And so he said, here's what happened was yeah. was the I think the second time I drove him, he said well, um, you uh you know a good Chinese restaurant? You you from here? You know you know I, mean? I go, Yeah. He said, You know a good Chinese restaurant? I said, I know the best, Mr. Leno. And he said, You know it's open right now? I said, uh, absolutely, right now in Chinatown but where well, I took him over to the you know, yeah. Sam Wo's and I yeah. took him and I said, You know, and I said he's gonna wanna to go to a fancy place. I took him over to Grant Street yeah. and I said, There's a place that's where they bring the you know, the president, you know yeah. the Eats there, uh, yeah. President. Car- there's a picture of President yeah, Carter up sure. there. What place was that? So that was on Grant Street. I forget the name, but second story Grant yeah. Street. So I took him there, yeah. and he was happy. Yeah, it was a good restaurant. I'm yeah. not some schmuck taking yeah. him, you know, some dive place. So I'm sure he's used to it by that time. And uh, so I said, Hey, can you come in. i you a know, you, you, know, you drive me around. You know, you know where the radio stations were. You know, it's good. And so he said, So how, how long are you you comic? <laughs> it's finally, he- that came out three hours later. Yeah. You a comic? Yeah. How long have you been doing? I said, You know, about you know maybe. Eight months, ten months. I said, Yeah, okay, you know. Listen, all you need is five, you know, just get five minutes that, that kills everywhere. You don't have that, you don't have anything. All these comedians say, You know, I got two hours. Who wants to hear two hours of material? <laughs> I don't want to. Hear. <laughs> so Just get five minutes that kills everywhere. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. All you need in L.A. is 20 minutes to become a star. So, truth be told, I got five minutes. That killed. Mm-hmm. And what I did was, if if even comedians were talking about the same subject, I take it out. And I said I knew I was getting somewhere when I was taking stuff out that was working. Right. But it just wasn't murdering. Right. And it wasn't as keenly individual for me. Anyway, that five minutes, six months later, that five minutes I did on um, on the Letterman show, you know, before the young comedian. Well, actually, no, 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 no. I got on the young comedian, uh, young comedian special. Who got you that? Uh, no, 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 The young comedian, that was 89. Jeez. That's just, this is like, you know, between 86 and 89, that's like when you're a kid. Yeah. That's like 10 years. Right. You know, it's the theory of relativity. Right now it's like, you know, three years ago for us is like a dump. Yeah. A long dump. Yeah. And for, you know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> when you're a kid, three years, that's like a gigantic amount of your career. So by that time, yeah, I was ready to hit it, but I never had more what? than 25 minutes of killer material. Ever. At that time. Now I do. I mean, I, I now I was always envious. Those guys had a monster hour. Well, you were one of those guys that somehow avoided the sort of
0: the uh, kind of road headlining for years yeah I mean thing, at, you at know, that time
2: no but the comedians in, in the middle acts were yeah. making more money in 1986 87 yeah 88 yeah. especially 88 when there's you know when the comedy clubs started blowing up all over the country right. 88 89 as a middle act you can make 1500 sometimes 1750 to go you know, out yeah just a middle act yeah. you know and you can make a living and it. now it's 100 bucks a show for guys
0: yeah it's crazy The middle acts yeah right? so yeah. they're just it eating doesn't it even up. exist anymore even
2: the headliners are making like 800 a week so, I'm so you know if, yeah. unless Unless you're like a tv you know known guy it's it, it's it's tough you know yeah and so okay so if you the first thing you got was young comedians or you did letterman before that i did letterman in 87 and in the new next, york they flew the out to new york the next day i had to move to la because i you know i got an agent and now you know I, and so then after I, letterman and so I, I got an audition to be um for a movie, it sounded good because Charles Grodin was in it, and yeah. Dan Aykroyd, and and uh, and Jim Belushi, and the, it turned out to be like this piece of crap called The Couch Trip. But yeah. at the time, it's like a movie. Are you kidding? I never auditioned for a movie. Yeah. You know? So okay, so I, I drive down to L.A. On the way down to L.A., I crash my car. <laughs> I literally it was an old. <laughs> I had an old. Uh, you know what the hell was the car? You know, it was Ralph Nader's unsafe at any speed? Pinto por- or a Corvair? A Corvair. But the, Corvair, Where the hell
0: did you get a Corvair?
2: You know, it was just this, this some. You know, it was just a cool. You want to? You want to have a cool old car for the chicks? It's you know? a weird car, and it didn't even have seatbelts. A 1960 Corvair. Luckily, yeah. it was really muddy, yeah. so it just slid. And I remember I wasn't even scared. I was upside down. I was like, "I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be." It flipped, you know, like you know,
0: where? I, like in Big Sur? Where I the hell? just
2: filled up on I five right below um, uh, the one fifty six. You make a right, and it was just, I just filled up a tank, which means the back was heavy. Yeah. And the engines in the back, so means, yeah. you know, you're basically you're you're doing a two wheeling. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, and then uh, I. Uh, I started, uh, anyway, a tumbleweed, and I literally just, just tried to turn like a half an inch, and the next thing I was fishtailing, exactly what Ralph Nader, I just saw Ralph Nader in my head, what were you thinking? <laughs> well, I figured, you know, maybe this car's safe because it survived, and it's like, no, people used to have to put sandbags in the front. Of a Corvair. To weigh it down so it wouldn't spin out like this, and I, of course I'm an idiot, and you know, I'm like 20, and so uh, I, I'm upside down on the, like a cat clinging to the carpet with yeah. my fingernails yeah. and it just slid to a stop and I, I remember i didn't get like i didn't think much about it i dinged my shoulder a little bit yeah and then i got I climbed out and then uh i had to literally climb out and roll down the window and uh and then this truck driver said i can't believe you walked out of that one and <laughs> i went really he says yeah man i see this all the time no dead people do that stuff. <laughs> whoa I Said, no no if it wasn't for mud you'd be you'd be messed up right now yeah so, anyways, holy shit! So, did so, you
0: drive you to your audition?
2: Uh, so, here's what happened. <laughs> Funny you say that, though. I had no credit cards because I had no credit. Right. You, know, you didn't have to have credit or insurance right, back right. then. This is this is the you know the '80s, the yeah. good the good yeah. times. Yeah. And so I didn't have credit cards, so I thought, okay, why well, am I going to get to L.A.? I got an audition. <laughs> blah blah blah. You know, it's early yeah. in the morning, and so I go to this. I call all these places and I say, "Can I get to rent a car? Sure, we got cars. I don't have a credit card. Click. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Can I rent a car? Sure, you're going to rent a car. Yeah. I don't have a credit card. Click. Yeah. I call. So hey, listen, I don't have a credit card. Uh, is that kind of? Like, I don't mind. Come on over, you know. <laughs> Come on. This is in Los Banos. Okay. <laughs> so this guy. It turned out this guy. I swear to God. Yeah. It was a carpet place. Yeah. He sold carpets. <laughs> he rented a few cars on his on his lawn, and he had fish tanks. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, and I said you know, and he said, well, I said, how much is the car? Yeah. How much you got? Yeah. <laughs> and I said I got like two hundred bucks. It's two hundred bucks. <laughs> 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 and I like okay, you know, all oh. right, here we go. And he sold you the car. He no, 200 bucks, and then you got to bring it back. And I said, yeah. when do you... He said, uh, I said, when do I need to bring it back? When are you coming back up this way? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, probably, you know, a, few, a week. I don't know. He said, that's good to me. Yeah. So anyway, I get in this car. It was a Ford Granada. that was just yeah. basically as almost as unsafe as the car I was just yeah. in. And it was just so old. It was like a 75. Yeah. It was literally 75 Ford Granada. I know because my dad used to have it was like a 77 yeah, Ford yeah, Granada. Yeah, yeah. You know that was like a you know. So anyway, I'm drive drive down to the, the place. And I drive down and then I'm like, um, and it's a piece of crap. And then here's the thing: is it's, it's January, yeah, you know. And then it's um, so in San Francisco, it's cold, yeah, right, yeah. So in LA, it's hot, it's hot, yeah. So I've got like you know my black tight, you know black jeans, black boots. I used to wear, and I had like my black leather jacket with a black sweater. I'm San Francisco, yeah. you know, you know. I don't know what I was, but like, you know, anyway, and uh, you know what I was in L.A.? Sweaty. Right. Yeah. And it's hot. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. I go to this audition. I drive down there. You know, It's in, I'm, I'm late because, you know, it's a like guy by the time, you know, the crash. Did and you tell him the, the story car. when you got there? No. I was just like, you know, do you, do you, she, she, I, she, she did say this to me. Do you want to practice it? And I went, no, let's just read it. <laughs> I never you know. So I started reading it. And then I noticed that the smile she had, she didn't have anymore. Yeah. She said this to me. Have you ever acted before? And <laughs> I went, oh. yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> so anyway, uh. <laughs> After that, this is before cell phones. I get on and I had my my heroin. I I said, "Listen, dude, I got to figure out how to act down here because they they seem to value that." <laughs> so, anyway, so I'm in my car and I'm driving. I think I think yeah. I just fucked up my first audition. Yeah, I'm driving. I'm looking up at these billboards of these movie stars. You yeah. Know? And these movies and I go, holy crap, you know, I think and I'm looking up and I hit a pedestrian. No, you did not. I oh. did. I hit a pedestrian. I was like, it was a stop sign, but I rolled because the car was so old and the you know the you know, the tires, which I could have which and the brakes, which I could have fixed. Yeah. You know, uh anyway, so anyway, I hit this pedestrian and he t- thank God he was a crazy person. Yeah. I didn't kill him. Yeah. But I like I hit him <laughs> and he just went like <laughs> and then hit the car he hit the hood of the car a few times and then walked away. This is before people, you know, you you yeah, if before lawsuits. Before it, people saw but, lawsuits. This is before yeah, people sued people, yeah, yeah you were in some sort of alternate reality, nineteen eighties. <laughs> <1980s. laughs> and so, and then I, I, I figured out, you know, I said I got to get in some acting class, and I did. There was a guy named Roy London, and at the time, the Sharon Stone was in that class. Uh, you just found that Jeff class? Jeff Goldblum. I lucked out. Well, so, no one told you to go to that. No, no, class? No, 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 no. It was like uh, I found out through the the new manager that I was getting down there um, about that class, and I think uh, who else? You know, Jim Carrey was uh, in the class. Uh, Brad uh, Pitt. Really? And none of these guys were, the only guy famous then was uh, um, Goldblum? Goldblum. Yeah. And then I think Sharon Stone. Who Sto- was the new manager? Sharon Br- Stone had just hit it. Yeah.
0: But so, And that was Bernie himself, right?
2: Yeah. Well, Bernie, you know, he gave me to one of his minions. You yeah. Know? But how did that all happen? I mean, so you come down, you're well, done Dun- Letterman, well, well, you hadn't done the Well, your I mean, the yet. connection was, uh, Dave, I, you know, um, Dennis Miller is the one who recommended me for to get on the, the uh to the what do you call it? Young comedian, young comedian special, and he hosted that. So right, and that was a Brillstein thing. So yeah, you know, you know you're in, kid. Yeah. And what was it? What was Bernie like? Did you spend time with him? Yeah, Bernie was a guy like I don't know how you. I don't. My only dealing with him was like I didn't want to do uh, one movie with Lauren Michaels, and they said
3: like, I don't know how you say no to Lauren. <laughs> you, you, know, you mean you don't know how to say no to Lauren? You just say no. I don't know how to say no to Lauren. You know that that was like you know his umbilical cord. But that was cord. later,
2: right? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that was a couple of years later. But again, you know, when you're a kid, it's just, you know, it's forever. So you do the Young comedian special, and then how, how long before SNL? Uh, a few months. That was it? About three months after, yeah. Now, look, well, I- t- I'll tell you this, though. Here was the cool thing about this, was I did this, I did, I auditioned in L.A. at the improv, For right? SNL. Yeah. And it was like, you know, 10 comics, you know, I had to follow a guy who's like, you know, this black comic who's like super high energy, yeah. who's like singing songs and yeah. dancing and, yeah. you know. It's like, it's like following Sammy Davis <laughs> Jr. in Vegas, you know, it's like, you don't want to- yeah. But anyway, and I went up there and I had a kind of really a kind of fuck you attitude at that time, which was perfect for my stand up. And I had like a really kind of bit that just wasn't um, what anybody else was doing at that time. It was yeah. just a little off, which yeah. was great. And not trying to make contact with the audience at right. all. Just kind of. So it was kind of more, you know, made a little more punk rocky than what yeah, everybody yeah, else was yeah. doing. Not very much more. Right. You know? I still cared about killing, but I'd murdered that night. And then I remember, like, they said, well, you know, Lauren would like to meet you tomorrow uh, to discuss, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I said, well, I got a gig in San Diego. <laughs> I said, I got it, you know. <laughs> and so if he wants, to, and I, at that time, I was like, I said, hey, if he wants to see me, he could fly me to New York. Yeah. And so I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> And then I drove on the way to San Diego. I had this weird physical breakdown where like, I started sweating from the top of my head and it wasn't hot. And I just was like, did I just make the biggest fuck up of my entire life? And I'm sweating and I'm perspiring and I think I think I just fucked up my whole life. Anyway, but uh, you know what? He met with a bunch of other, several other comedians. The only one who flew to New York was me. Oh, yeah? So I did the right call. Yeah, you have balls, man. So, and then and then they hired, and here's the best part about it, was that David Spade got hired because they said we're a comedy writing team, even though we'd never written anything together. Did you know each other? Yeah, we were friends, yeah. David's one of the, maybe the funniest guys to hang with. Right. Of anybody. Like, on that grown-up set, that guy was just hilarious. He, you drop him in the Middle Ages, He'd be making your life. That guy looks like he's going to kill us all with smallpox. You know. Yeah, yeah. And so, and that just kind of the you know. Well, what I, was the meeting with Lauren like? Because I've had this
0: experience. Like, obviously, I've never been on SNL, but I've talked to plenty of people who've been on SNL. Uh, you know, did was, he make you wait?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he flew you out there, and then you're waiting. But you don't mind waiting because he's got like it's like a, it's like a girl's high school yearbook at Saturday Night Live. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's like you know, it's like you know, all the there's pictures everywhere. Yeah. and People sign it. Yeah. Dear Lorne, everything. It's like he wants to be surrounded by yeah. these these memories of himself and. And and his and and the love that that people have, pretend to have, yeah, have for him, you know, who, who are being helped by him, you know, <laughs> of course, and not seeing through any of that. Yeah. So and then and then you know he surround himself with like you know young girls and you know yeah. who, who who could blame him for that? Yeah. And then you wait to get in and then you get in and. And, uh, I mean, he, he was great. I mean, first of all, you could, see from his office, first of all, that guy's got the the tits job of tits jobs. Yeah. I mean, that, that you know, running that show. And he was smart enough to like, hey, I don't want, you know, people to judge me from writing. So he stopped writing pretty early on. Right. But if you were on that show from like, like I was on the higher to the 89-90 season. Yeah. The end of the 89-90 season. And so if you're there, before the 89-90 season, I wrote half the show. <laughs> And then if you're in the room with somebody who was there in the, like the 86 and before, before 1986, I wrote half the show. <laughs> you know, so depending, you know, that's. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, who, who, make, who making was, him laugh was a big deal. But then but then the meeting was fine. I mean, the meeting was basically like, you know, I said, I'd love to be a performer on here because I, you know. Begin he said, I'm a performer and he said, Well, you know, I want to hire you as a writer and I went, Yeah, well, uh, I'd love to perform, you know. And uh, they, You know, well, Gary and I got, I hired Chevy and Garrett as writers, and I think things worked out pretty well for them. And I said, I'll take it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I said, I got some ideas. and he says, God, I'm done. You know, that was it. You know. He shooed me out of the room with the rest of you know, by one of his young underage minions.
0: And who was uh who was your crew? It was you and
2: Adam and Dave. And who who was on your show, your season? Well, Chris Farley got hired the next year. I'm mean, Dave and I got hired at the end of the... And that's like, you know, Con- how long were you Conan on? O'Brien was a writer there with Greg Daniels, you know, Greg Daniels yeah. went on to become, you know... He knew Mr. Television, Yeah. basically. How,
0: how many years were you on there?
2: Like four and a half, four years,
0: so four it, years That was a long run. It
2: was a good long run. It was run. good for me. It was 84 shows. I remember that. Yeah, and Farley was fun? Well, Farley was great, yeah. I mean, Farley was one of those guys who was funny, uh, you know... No matter what. If he would've he would have been the funniest, you know, insurance salesman ever right. or the funniest yeah, science yeah. teacher you ever yeah, met. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. one of those lunatics. <laughs> I had a guy like him named Mike Brown up in Northern California. Mike Brown was one of those just just the funniest of all our guy, all the guys this yeah. guy could just tell a story Yeah, that he would tell a story about like uh, you know there was a sleepover and this one guy trying to rape this one girl and it sounds like an awful thing but this is the 80s you can get away with talking yeah. about he's trying to attack this girl in the middle of the night trying to like <laughs> just you know trying to grope her and everything like this And it's a, but he had a way of just telling stories that were just great <laughs> Farley had a way of just behaving <laughs> yeah his behavior was funny and sometimes outrageous, but also he would be doing something that wasn't you don't necessarily want him to be doing. Like we were driving out to some place in New Jersey on a Friday night, shooting something literally at midnight to three in the morning uh, for a commercial parody the yeah. next day, and there was a girl in the car, and uh, he was like putting his arm around her, you know, yeah. farting and like you know <laughs> trying to hit on her, and like the real genius of Saturday Night Live is a guy named Jim Downey, and yeah. he was in the car and he just screamed at him. Yeah. like that's not fucking funny it's not fucking funny and he, you saw him just kind of like yeah. just just get squished down like like <laughs> what must have happened to him most of his childhood yeah. you know yeah but you know because some of the behavior was inappropriate <laughs> but at the same time i'm laughing yeah and so you know your friends are you know your asshole friends yeah are laughing encouraging it yeah and he just you know he ate that up but he was a lovely guy i mean i could say like you know um he would come into work and, uh, you know, he would always be in a good mood. You'd always be guaranteed to get you know, a few laughs every time you saw him. But he would come in, and sometimes he'd have a wound. And I go, well, what was that? And he'd have, like, 60 stitches
3: on his right arm. All right. I put my arm through the window there last night. I just got a little angry at the girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Next thing you know, the window, somebody's got to pay, and that was the window last night. And uh,
2: so, um, and I go, oh, my God. It's like a, you know, it's like, you know, you know, Chechnya wound, you know, kind of thing. You know, something you see of <laughs> like, a... Um, a war zone <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but that was just what happened you know he's an extreme kind of thing yeah and you and sandler was there too yeah sandler spade sandler came on uh in the fall of 90 yeah and he was just, yeah, he just he was a lovely kid yeah really lovely kid and i just you know he said come on let's write something together and um and you guys remain friends yeah well we were friends before i mean literally when like uh my girl kicked me out of a, a place i was living across the street from him uh, in LA, in LA, in North Hollywood, which is like—I remember moving into North Hollywood. This is, you know, for a cheap apartment complex. I don't hear any of my neighbors. This is pretty cool. Yeah. That's because I was the only one that lived there first. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I, I mean, I lived, the gay couple lived right above me, and I could hear them beating the crap out of each other. It's like, and then and then they'd have sex later, and you hear like, you know, they, I love you, and then even lower voices, I love you. And it's like, like shut up, little got, man. I got to move, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and then and, and he lived right across the street with Judd Apatow. Uh huh. And then one time I got thrown, everything got thrown out of my. Uh, uh, I told her I was leaving, you know, I, I was leaving her and and, and uh, you know breaking up with her because I was starting to become famous. And then um, the girl you were living with, yeah, in that apartment. Yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, she threw all my stuff out in the lawn, and then I went and stayed on Adam's. Said Adam, can I, li-, you know, stay here for? In a little while and he said yeah absolutely so then uh but he didn't give me like a pillow a sheet <laughs>
3: yeah a blanket. Said, yeah
2: sleep right there yeah you know i didn't think about giving you a pillow or anything you know they comics what do you want yeah Is yeah your what mommy you <laughs> yeah exactly you know <laughs> can i put a sheet down for you robbie you want it you want, want to rub do you need some vicks for your chest you know none of that what stuff
3: you from those so guys?
2: i'm sitting there you know it, it's uh, but um see like norm uh, not norm but uh he came on too right when,
3: yeah yeah norm man uh, <laughs> I like the more gruff
2: Norm. <laughs> yeah, you know the thing? Uh, yeah, 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 here's the Hey, yeah, 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 Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's mellowed. Yeah, I, well, Norm is a genius. Norm's brilliant. I mean, he's a guy that was, like, too g- smart. And, like, th- as far as, like, for Saturday Night Live, he would do sketches. The audiences would stink, to be honest with you, because a lot of the tickets were given away. You know, lo- uh, um you know, Lorne Michaels and the the crew—they would give their tickets to friends, and they, all the, the a lot of the audience. Sometimes you'd have a great show audience. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a great, you know, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Rehearsal audience. Yeah. And then the live show, would stink. Yeah. <laughs> because all the tickets are given away to the friends, and all the friends of the friends of the friends—they yeah, just, they just there want for to, go, a to the, yeah. go to the party. They to want to go to the party afterwards. Yeah. So it's like you know you'd have an amazing potential, great sketch, and all of a sudden people go, "Where's the party? You guys getting go in the party?" <laughs> What's, when's this part, what's yeah. this show gonna end so we can go to the party? Yeah.
3: Woo! So yeah. there's a
2: lot of woo! And so Norm, uh. Norm would have really funny sketches yeah. that took, I mean, that was, I'll tell you, the bottom of that show, the worst was that show, was, was seeing um, the, uh, you know, the parrot sketch with John Cleese, Michael Palin, bomb. That's how stupid American audiences can be <laughs> yeah. at the bottom of it. And that yeah. was on Saturday Night Live, like, you know, that was at, just after I'd left. But that's how stupid the audiences can be right. in america yeah and uh, that's what was really depressing right and so sometimes like norm had a great sketch about uh, charles carroll yeah and he played charles carroll with all the you know the makeup which is totally unnecessary because the audiences didn't know the hell most of them know who he was mm-hmm. but it was great because you
3: see those things on the road yeah because i'm charles carroll and i'm he's because he retired that weekend huh? yeah and um and he said after 30 years <laughs> being on the road there are some things that will remain with me always mrs barrington's Pies in Lexington, in Lexington, New York, and I'll remember how those cherry pies tasted, and the warmth of her company. And I said, uh, and I'll remember, I'll remember a certain young basketball player in um, in Kansas City, Missouri. This little three-year-old could hit shots, and blah blah blah. And I'll remember the postage stamp collector in in Maine, but mostly what I'll remember about the road is the sex <laughs> the sex
2: in every town in America? and so you know i'm, I'm not
3: giving the, yeah, the yeah, bit justice right. but it's really funny the sex <laughs> with you know mrs you know being on top of mrs <laughs> you know mrs hurley in sacramento california she liked it in every way imaginable and you know so it was just a really funny yeah, yeah. and it,
2: it had a beautiful setup yeah you know because that's the thing about comedy and like you know it's like you know john cleese i i, I did a bit part in a movie that um that he was in and and that we were both in together and uh you know the things you could take the time if you see fish call wanda yeah there's no jokes for 15 minutes if you see it's all set up right if you see faulty towers yeah there's it's a total to tell a play that's 28 minutes long yeah there's no jokes the first five eight minutes it's all set up and just america just doesn't have it's all about the quip yeah. It's all about who's coming in and they say it's some sarcastic remark and then somebody tops their sarcastic remark with another sarcastic retort. And it's just boring. You yeah. know, And it just, and so, and I think that, you know, it's a, it's a dumbing down, but at the same time, and that's why I, I stopped doing stand up because it got so boring. Yeah. You know, where I, by 1990 and, and truthfully boring for me because I wasn't being able to really write new material. Now, stand up though now is at its apex that I think it's ever been. Yeah. I think there's more great comedians right now than ever. In up. yeah, I think you got you got guys who are potentially you wouldn't think they'd be great, but like a guy like Daniel Tosh, I mean, his show's funny, yeah, his standup's terrific, yeah. He really does hold up as one of the better comedians in America. I mean, I really was impressed with his his up You know, Louis C.K. I think that guy is you know is phenomenal. He's probably America's best comic. You got a guy like maybe one of the greatest living comics of all time is Dylan Moran. So he, for he's his, in here, yeah, Dylan Moran is. I think that guy's uh, you know. Uh, yeah, he, he's a, a, and no one knows him here. Nobody knows him here. But he's a, he's like he's a superstar around the world. Oh yeah, no, he's a, he's an amazing performer. He is really a lot of freedom of mind and he well, does he, long he, bits and he does uh, you know, he really is like the van Gogh of uh I mean I think 100 years from now people will still be Do Ru- you like Ru- doing stand Yeah, I well, I love it. You know, it's just it's just the touring is just beating the crap out of me cuz you know, Dylan is still a young guy. I think he's 41. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh I'm 49. Yeah, so. but come on. I mean, no, you're,
0: but not it's that, like, you're not that. But old but
2: old like movie. literally I was in Toronto the other day to do it, some theater in Toronto. Yeah. And I mean, you sell f- all right. I flew out there. Yeah, yeah, in Canada, I sell out every show, and yeah. most of the places I do really well. Some places less well. You know, San Francisco ticket sales are eh yeah. for that. You know, for the cl- Cobbs? for yeah. the Cobs cub I'm working up there, and um, so you know, I mean. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it, especially when you got new material. I, I, you know, the one thing is most people don't even know that I ever did stand up. So that's bizarre. Yeah, but it happens. You know, by the time like, you know, I, I
0: remember your stand up more than other things.
2: Yeah, well, well <laughs> it's, thank you. I'm a stand up. But I, I, um, you know, so I finally did it. I taped a, a special, and I, I don't know, it's going to probably end up on Showtime or something. Uh, but um, we just gave
0: birth to a new hour.
2: Yeah, I did. <laughs> I know, but but you know, it's um, you know, but I, it's interesting because like I have here. You have a bag of things. I got a bag of bits. I got like my 30 new jokes that I'm working on. A couple of them I had to burn for the new special, which means they're over with. You want to bounce them off me? But Bill Bill Burr, by the way. Another great comic. Yeah, yeah. Another great comic. Why, did that, why that guy doesn't have a show? It's going to happen. Yeah. He's building. He's building. Yeah. That guy's just brilliant, you know? You better do it soon, though. You know, 40 is like, you know, for kids, 40 is like 80 for, you know, teenagers. And unfortunately, that's who runs the show business yeah but
0: comics sometimes they can yeah. yeah no no but like yeah it can happen for yeah. he's brilliant
2: he's yeah. gonna do something um is that a know, bit Well, these are all just bits <laughs> some of them less you know some of them is just you know the cool thing about stand-up was very similar to saturday night live was you can just explore a bit and then get out and walk away from it right i was never gonna guy do like 10 minutes on one thing yeah sometimes it, it happens but like you know it's just you know observations like um that i really liked uh like um Some things you can, some things like, you know, uh, that are like dirty bits that like, I was pretty clean comic, you know, and and not by choice, just because that was more interesting to me at the time. And you know, you want to get on TV, but there was like, that was what was funny, but like some things, I just like some classic jokes and I'm trying to do more joke oriented stuff now. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know, when you do something nice for somebody and they don't acknowledge it, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, lady. Yeah, that, that roll of toilet paper just magically appeared by itself. Okay, maybe I shouldn't be in the ladies' restroom. You know, I mean, it's- um, One-liners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's some jokes. Yeah. Like Rodney would do. Yeah. I saw Rodney. We flew all flew out to see Rodney. It was Chris Rock, David Spade, and Adam Sandler, and uh, a couple other guys. And we went out and saw one of Rodney's last shows. And um, the last couple of years, he was performing in Vegas. He was so great. He said, hey, I know a lot of jokes. And he did like, you know, he said, I do 200 jokes. Yeah. I mean, that was for 200 jokes. That's crazy. In an hour, you know? And he remembered them all. I mean, he was like, crazy. Did you guys hang out with him? Yeah. You know, so, you know, Rodney, um, and Quentin Tarantino was there that night. And um, Quentin, you know, showed up in his pajamas, which is, you know, annoying. Why? Was, because Rodney Because we're going to be there his? for two days. Yeah. The guy's wearing pajamas yeah. the whole trip, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so, so Rodney, we went up, and Rodney smokes pot, you know? Yeah. Rodney smoked pot. So uh, I said, I didn't know, you know, you smoke? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I said, hey, I've been smoking every day for 30 years. That's why I'm still alive. Yeah. That's what he would tell you. Yeah, and then, um, and then he'd have his robe on and he'd be open and he just, you know, his balls and his dick <laughs> would be hanging out. And you'd have to look at look away from that. <laughs> anyway, so he said, well, you know, and he still really cared about the act. Yeah. You know, he said, hey, you guys, what do you think of the material? What do you think? What do you yeah. guys? Was it hip? Yeah. He, what, he said. Uh, he said it wasn't. Uh, was it square? Yeah. That's what he said. Was it yeah. square? Yeah. And then Tarantino was baked, yeah. obviously. He said, oh, yeah, man, it was the squarest. I mean, it couldn't be any more square. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm telling you, man. And, you know, Rod didn't know when the hell Quentin was. Right. I mean, I'm telling you, man, he's absolutely square as can be. And he said, hey. And Rodney's like, who the hell's that guy? <laughs> Is he serious or what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had to go, no, Rodney, he doesn't mean that. Yeah. You don't mean it, right? Square. No, he's saying square isn't bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't square at all, Rodney. <laughs> no, not at all. No, you were the. It was hip. You were hip. You know. By then, Rodney was like, "Oh God," you know, he was depressed. <laughs> oh, Rodney, <no. laughs> anything could tip Rodney. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah. And he said, "You want to gamble?" He said, "Hey, listen, I'm going to lose five hundred bucks and then go to bed." Yeah. And so I said, "You know, what if you win?" I, said, I know. Look at me. Do I look like a guy who wins? <laughs> I swear to God, he was like he was the same off stage. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so we'd go down, and then we we went and played the crap table. I mean, it was like uh, people were just. You know, Rodney was Rodney, but you know, if you're gambling. You want to get away from that guy who just, he just had that loser thing. Oh, he did? The dice hated him. I mean, the dice wouldn't even roll to the end. It just, it got like about halfway and just collapsed, you know? Anyway, he lost 500 bucks super quick. And then he looked at me and said, what'd I tell you? I'm going to bed. I'm a loser. And that was it. And I love that though. Yeah, and it was one of those great stories where it was like, you know, you're outside yourself watching yourself, watch yourself. And you go, this is pretty cool. And uh, But, you know, Quentin Tarantino go, yeah, you're the squarest, man. No you couldn't be more square. Well, he's just a guy who smokes too much. That's why I don't smoke, I want to smoke. But how
0: could he not understand what he was saying?
2: I don't know why, because I just think he was just, you know, in the mood trying to please. Because Rodney's, you know, from the 30s. Yeah. So you want a guy like, you know. Rodney was amazing. Yeah, well, Rodney was a guy. The thing I loved about Rodney was like, you know, he stopped doing comedy. To take care of his kids and when his wife. He's, died. he's selling
0: aluminum siding. Him yeah. and Joe Ansis were, and they were selling jokes out of the back of a car <laughs> yeah. for like you know, for like twelve years. And yeah, he was too miserable to to perform, is what it was. He couldn't get over, yeah. and then he reinvented himself. There's, a, I read a great piece about him. But uh, but, he,
2: but he really what he wanted to do though what he said was you know wanted to make sure to get the kids into college yeah, yeah. When both kids are in college he went back but truthfully he's one of those guys like you were talking about you know Bill Burr that you know, takes a while to grow into themselves that's right you know like a lot uh, of the best comics are like that well he, his face I mean he was on in the late sixties he was on uh, Ed Sullivan mm-hmm. you see him he just looked like a guy who was like um like the you know a thug. Who would uh you know a shark you know a lone sharks a yeah, He'd yeah. go and collect the money right he looked like he'd have a you know yeah. up his sleeve he's got a bat and bully yeah. drops, and he's gonna beat you he just his eyes were too dark the dark when it, when the hair went gray and he softened a little bit and that's when he became the Rodney of Rodney but he was ready to, for that comeback you know, so what do you got going well in my way in sim- a similar way, I feel like <laughs> I feel it's like all about to turn around right yeah well yeah. in some ways for me it's like I feel like I you know uh you know, stand up has reinvigorated me. Good. So I feel like I can, you know, if I can just, you know, deal with the, you know, the 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 tough schedule, that I, I think I can have a real, uh, you know, resurgence as a stand up, which is great. You know, because I want to be known as a, as a great stand up. What about movies anymore? Yeah, but you know, you know, in your late forties, like you want to play the dad or the Twilight kid? No. <laughs> well, how many scenes is it? There's no scenes, but you're the dad. You Just come by the set, and say hi to the kid. <laughs> Well, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't have a dad. He doesn't have a dad. What? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I don't think you're doing a good job as my agent. Uh, Not getting, you know. But uh, but but you have to write your own material, and then you also, you also have to stay stay excited and energized. You know, you have to still want to have fun. And you've taken some hits. Yeah. You know the critics and the show. Yeah, but that the show happens. Went down.
0: You, it doesn't. It rolls well, off of you now or what?
2: Well, you have to be zen about it. I mean, yeah. I, I carry this thing with me. This when I, I was in, in Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this this uh, you got beads. You're wearing Buddhism. beads
0: on your on your wrist yeah. and
2: around your. You got yeah. No, this, I, beads it, this is my protection for, against critics. Yeah, no, but the idea of of criticism is is uh, is mostly a self-reflective thing. I mean, that, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the idea of uh, you know, so if you have to become zen about it, at first you have to know that there's two sides to every coin you'll never see a one-sided coin it's impossible It doesn't exist okay you ha- there's there's a connection to everything yeah. there has to be yeah or you know there's you'll never see a, a, a crest of a wave without a trough you know you'll never right. see a trough without a crest there's a connection to it you have to have both and you're a fool to only look at one right so you have to look at the other side so the one side of it the negative side could be like well these they hate me they don't like my movies blah 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 you know and you know what, you know but, or the other side, well, you know what maybe they're letting me free and I don't have to worry about pleasing them ever mm-hmm. and that's the other side to that and then once you realize what it, what it really is is the difference between comedy seems to have there's a real just like in comedy there's an emotional attachment to like music yeah in the very much the same way it's with comedy and comedy has to go to the essence of, of 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 a person and it's very self-reflective of a person's intelligence yeah and so uh when you don't uh, if you like for instance somebody asks you are you a good cook people go Nah, I'm all right. I don't cook anything special. Or whatever, yeah. they will be honest about it. But if you ask somebody, do you have a good sense of humor? Yeah, they go, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> That's a so self. Of course, I'm a great sense of humor. Yeah. But but not everybody can have a finely tuned, high you know you know highly intelligent sense of humor. Right. But everybody has to think they are, and so you know. Um, People uh, they get angry if they're somebody's laughing at something else. Comedy is arrogant. It's an arrogant art form. It's like, yeah. I'm going to make you laugh now. Here it yeah. comes. <laughs> All right, here it's coming. I'm going to make you laugh. Get ready for it. And so there's an arrogance to that. Uh, you, you have there's an artistry too. Yeah. But uh, and so the arrogance of it is other people laughing around you. But this guy ain't funny. What is this crap? Yeah. And so it's, you have to. It's an attack on you. Yeah. Right. If you don't laugh at right. it, if you don't like it, and so you have to attack it. You know, then again, you know, some of the criticism, you know, I, I think like as far as the show Rob could have been better, though. I thought the writing stunk. I think it could have been much better. I thought the guy that I hired didn't do as good a job as I would have loved him to. But, um, you know, I was also still touring at the time and he wouldn't let me in the writer's room, which is weird because I hired him years ago to get in the writer's room. And then it's like, this is a guy that I just hired, couldn't get a job and, you know, uh, wouldn't have this job unless I hired him. So that's just one of the weird things that happens and you just got to go with it. But also at the time. So is this Zen thing new? uh, Yeah. But, you know, the difference is you could intellectualize it, but to apply it to your life takes years. And yeah, that's the path you're on right now. Well, the path, uh, it's it's. I've applied it to my life, but the idea is to, is to not be, uh, you know, as you know, a Buddha outside the world and yeah. separate from everything, like living in a monastery right. and just saying fuck you to yeah. the world and yeah. I'm not going to play part of your game. It's to be a Buddha in the world and not being so reactive to it. Yeah. So basically, is to uh, not swing out anything, even your own death, yeah. to not let these things get to you right. and it's all a test i mean i realized pretty young even with zen buddhism you realize what it is you, without the name of it you know? right but you have to describe zen buddhism not what it is but what it isn't right it's not a religion it's not a philosophy so what is it well you know i mean if anybody says they know what it is they're a fraud yeah so but there are some tenets to it and then you you, you start to realize you know it's just your way uh, uh, it's a way of interpreting the world in a different way than how you see it it's kind of like freud would describe the world as uh, a child's view of the world is an oceanic view. Yeah. In other words, a child, a baby, like my baby's three months old, right. can't differentiate between the mother and herself and, and like the world. They think when the baby closes yeah. eyes, the, uh, the world closes. It's an oceanic I, view. So I still it, have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> so it's to go through the world with that viewpoint, but from not the child's viewpoint, from an adult's. Right. So like I a Zen Buddhist master in Japan said one time, he said, um, you know, I used to think there was, a di- there was no difference between me, my mother, and that tree and the river and the mountain. And through greater study, I realized there was a difference between my mother, the mountain, me, and the And then through more study, I realized there wasn't a difference right. between me and. My, and then through more study, more more study, that there was a difference. And so
3: when and then is, he said, "You're going to go places, kid. I got an you're gonna, English band. You're going to open up for these bands. You're going to be huge. Let me tell you something. You're going to get quarters and bottles thrown at your head. Then you're going to realize but this there, is a mistake. There's no
2: difference between you and the quarters and the bottles. so at, just let it go, kid. But at the time, you know, <laughs> you you know, at the time, you think, yeah, I'll do it. He thinks it's going to work. Yeah. And then you realize, no. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. But that's, that's the, the fun thing about show business. And what's happening now with Amazon uh, Amazon's going to have their television online. Mm. And, and Netflix has a television show that's there. And you can watch it whenever you want. So it's going to open up. So the studios, if they're not careful, are going to be like the long-distance phone companies. Yeah. They were a 20th century phenomenon that disappeared. And that's going to happen. Yeah. Unless they really branch out and start to become, uh, you know. And right now, they've gone from 180 movies a year. To 120 in the last three years, 2009, 2000. So who's going to pick up that slack? And then from 2009, I mean, I mean, from 2012 to 2014, it's going to go down to 90. So basically, it's going to be superheroes and Twilight movies and whatever's on the computer. Yeah, and so yeah, are on video games to yeah. become a movie. So that's it. And so somebody's going to have to pick up a slack, and they're going to have to make it for. It's an aging community, it's an aging uh, a, a culture, and somebody's going to have to make movies for people. Who want to see movies and or or have the minutiae of like a show on FX? Like Louis C.K., enough people see him, that's enough. Yeah. And and so it's finally going to happen. But in any time, you know, where there's a, a consternation or there's a, a kind of a, a redo in show business, like it was in the late 60s. Right. When the old studio system collapsed, it opened up the gates to some interesting stuff. And that's what's about to happen now. And that's what I think is interesting with stand-up, is we have the complete freedom to do what we want to do on stage. And I like that. But I'd also like to get back into cinema and do a few movies. But, you know, the difference now is, like, I don't want to just do a movie to do a movie. I want to do a movie because I really like it and because I want to spend a year of my life on it. You're are you writing any movies? Yeah, I'm finishing a movie that's taken me a year to write, and I'm almost done with it, and it's almost tough, tough to say goodbye to it. And I feel like you know, you know, when you're really writing it, when you feel like the characters are talking, and you can really see it. That's and it's emotional. That's really connecting, and that's a movie. And I'm going to do it in Spanish, and there's going to be absolutely no money in it. But it's about a a, a, a um um. A TV novella because my wife's Mexican and so like she's opened up a whole world to me uh, and it's it's about a a, um, a Mexican uh, you know soap opera star TV novella stars they're bigger than movie stars there mm-hmm. and he's gay mm-hmm. and he's got to it's about to come out and he has to marry some pop star pretend to be with this pop star to um um you know to cover up for that and it's just a story about the two of them and it's really nice it's just a nice little story. That, uh, you know, will probably be remade in English and ruined. Well, I look forward to that. <laughs> There's that, and I'll probably end up playing a girl again in some <laughs> fucking movie in my 50s.
0: Well, thanks for talking to me, Rob. It's a pleasure, man. All right, that's our show, folks. Thank you for hanging out. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, again, I will be at. Uh, I will be on Chick McGee's podcast today, off the air, available on iTunes and also at chickmcgee.com. And I will also be uh, at the Palace of Fine Arts uh, on Saturday night, the uh, 13th. There's a free show of me sort of getting, uh, you know, doing a little workout before my special taping, which is sold out uh, on the 15th at Les Poissons Rouge. But there's a free show on the 14th, Sunday night at 10 p.m. Union uh, Union Hall in Brooklyn. As always, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTFPod needs. Get on the mailing list, kick in a few shekels, buy some merch. Got a new poster up there. The Boomy Lives t-shirts and the Coop t-shirts are on their way out. So if you want those, pick those up. Uh, What else? You can go on the comment board if you must. Try to be pleasant. I don't mind arguments. I don't mind criticism. But don't be a dick. All right? How's that? Don't be a dick. What else? Oh, I just burped. That, That is not professional. That is not professional. Okay, are we good? Okay. Boomer lives!